is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that uh, you will find there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Hey, uh, Daryl is joining us uh, courtesy of fpp.cc. We'll talk more about what that is here as the show goes on tonight. But, of course, we want to talk to you about whatever's on your mind. And I know, Daryl, that on the way you're going to be telling us a story regarding the hurricane and uh, the cleanup, the aftermath, what uh, yes. has happened to a crew of workers that made the uh, the trip all the way from Alabama to help out. We'll explain that here in a moment. But there's big news, I think, for the Free State Project. I want to make sure we get this out there uh, sooner rather than later. Now, we've talked about recently how the Free State Project has uh, crossed the 13,000 signer threshold, that uh, there are now 13,000 people who have signed up with the Free State Project who have pledged to make the move to New Hampshire to be active, to achieve liberty, more liberty, hopefully as much as possible, in our lifetime. We both came up for that reason. That's why we moved. You moved from Alabama, uh, Texas, Alabama? Uh, I'm originally from Alabama, Moved from Texas by way of Arizona, Missouri, South Carolina, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Alabama. I'm also uh, from the South. Moved from Florida back in 2006. Uh, you're here now for what? It's been a year? Not uh, quite? About seven months. Seven months. Seven okay. months on Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you really have jumped in here and gotten active in a lot of different ways. You've been uh, publishing a newspaper recently, which I think is a big deal. Uh, but you're not the only one. There are over 1,100 people that are here now as part of the Free State Project. And those 1,100 people have definitely made an impact. And we've outlined some yes. of that on this radio program over the years. We've talked about a lot of the success stories, uh, a lot of the challenges that we faced as well, because it's not all, you know, it's not all good news up here. There's still a state. They're still aggressing against peaceful people. There's a lot that needs to be changed here in New Hampshire. But we're on our way. And concrete steps are being made, so much to the point that there's been an organization formed, apparently, that it's a, it appears that its sole purpose— Saving New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, it appears that its, its sole purpose is to uh, attack the Free State Project. And if you go to savingnh2012.com, that's their website. It's pretty barren at the moment. It basically just links to a, uh, a PDF. 26-page PDF— Titled Saving New Hampshire, What You Need to Know About the Free State Project and Its Impact on New Hampshire. Right. And so right there, I mean, in the introductory paragraph, there's an acknowledgement that the Free State Project has had an impact on New Hampshire. Yes. And the 26 pages goes on. I haven't read all 26, but I did skim the uh, the document. The 26 pages goes on to outline in, in great specifics many of the success stories and how... Uh, well integrated, a lot of the Free State Project participants have become in Concord with the political scene. Uh, the different liberty organizations, like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, for instance, uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus, these different groups that the Free State Project participants have been really critical uh, participants in. Uh, it talks about electoral successes. It talks about the way the free some of the people that they call free staters in office will vote. One of them is not actually a free stater. Uh, one of the three people that they pick. But it's just proof that you know anybody who opposes the status quo and, is and a free stater. And it also stater. says something in here about the libertarians forcing their libertarianism on people. 
which just seems kind of odd. We're forcing them to be free is the idea, right? Well, that that's what they're claiming. You yeah. can't force anyone to be free. No, I mean, at any time, you should be free. If you're free, you should be free to pick someone to tell you what to do. I mean, if it, if it feels good yeah. to you to have somebody own you and tell you how to live your life... You should be allowed to become an indentured servant if that's what you want to do. Right, and there are plenty of people out there who would enjoy telling you what to do. So, by all means, feel free to sign up, pay them, and or whatever it is that you want to do to make yeah. sure that happens for you. But I don't think that you, if you want to be controlled, should be forcing your beliefs on other people. Because there's a lot of us out here that don't want to be told what to do and how to live. And so we're going to do what it takes to make a, a, a world where, or at least our little corner of it, in which that's possible. In which we can be free and allow others to be free. Because that's really the, the key to freedom is you have to allow others to be free, even if they're different from you, even if they would do with their freedom something otherwise that, you, you know, something other than what you would do with right. your freedom. Well, I, I, I don't know how far down in the document you got, but I quickly scanned all the way down to the bottom where it talks about some of the legislation that was introduced and how a couple of these uh, state reps voted. They voted on it, yeah. And one of the things that was mentioned was a bill that would allow parents to object to anything being taught in the schools. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is a bad thing to allow parents more control over their children's well, education. government knows best, of course. And this is an interesting read. Um, Jason Sorens actually deserves the credit for digging this one up. Uh, he posted it over on his website, piliusblog.com. But you can you can see it over at freekeen.com. I actually downloaded the PDF and uploaded it to Freekeen in case they decide to take their website off uh, offline. That so happens a lot with you know certain organizations. With the with the haters, uh, yeah, they they do tend to come and go. There have been over the years. Different groups, more specifically coming out to oppose Keene's activism, the kind of the activism, the more civilly disobedient style activism that had been happening here. There was a hit piece blog that came out many years ago. There's the Free Keen from the Free Keen Stigma uh, <laughs> Facebook group, which is now down to eight members. I've actually finally left the group because nothing's happened for the last seven or eight months in that group. And before that, there wasn't much happening there either. But uh, so that the hater groups do tend to uh, come and go. But who knows? Maybe this will be the one group that'll really kind of stick, and they'll get some traction, and they'll make a bunch of noise about the Free State Project, which would be great because the more they talk about how bad the Free the State Project is, the more attention it gets, yeah. and the more people, hey, let me go see what this Free State Project thing is. Exactly. So that's why I put it up over at freekeen.com, so you can see what this is about. I'm just going to share with you some of the excerpts that Jason Sorens took the time to clip out of this. Uh, he he compl- he says that they're basically giving us backhanded compliments. He says that apparently NH lefties are passing around this lengthy com- condemnation of the Free State Project. Much of it, though, reads like something that could be put in an FSP recruiting bro- brochure, like this like this line quote: "Free Staters in New Hampshire are generally intelligent, focused, and diligent people who are sincerely interested in promoting personal responsibility in its broadest meaning. They're committed to discussion and action on the issues and problems they see facing New Hampshire and the nation. We wouldn't want any of those people as our neighbors. (laughs) Don't you actually have a page somewhere on Freaking of inadvertent endorsements of unintentional endorsements, as I call them. And something that stuck out in my mind, it's somewhere on the first page here. uh, The Free State Project... And somehow it 
thinks that all members of the FSP are also members of the Tea Party, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. But it says uh, they want to ensure that New Hampshire's government should only be in place to defend liberty and protect private property and nothing more. Yeah. What's wrong with that? They say that like it's a bad thing. They they believe it, man. These are statists. These are people that believe that uh, the government is good, and the more government we have, the better off we are. The that government is society. That the reason we have civilization is because of the state. All oh, right, because men are evil and do bad things. So we must must create this group called government made up of men that are evil right. who do bad things to prevent evil. Bad people because we give some evil, evil people things. power that'll help stop the other evil people right, or something right. like that uh quote the migration of free staters to new hampshire has dramatically changed the political discussion here this thing is full of uh statements like this where the backhanded compliments right this this group is basically pointing out hey look the free state project is working I understand that there are a lot of people out there that believe that, oh, I'm just going to stay where I am and we're going to have our own free state project here in Ohio. Well, (laughs) yeah. Tell me, has the Libertarian Party or the Ron Paul meetup group or wherever it is you have in your area, Students for Liberty or whichever group it is, have you made this kind of impact? The kind of impact where somebody's going to write up a 26-page PDF and spread it around and talk about how impactful you've been? 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything that you want. You can take control here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The phone lines, by the way, are brought to you by SACL CAI. Maybe you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections. Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. Once again, SACL CAI. And by the way, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI, one of the uh, principal folk behind the scenes there, is a huge supporter of the Free State Project. He is a Free State Project uh, participant. He's an early mover. And technically, uh, Daryl, you and I are also early movers to the Free State Project. Uh, Even though I moved five years prior to you, you're still an early mover. And you can be an early mover so long as the Free State Project hasn't made it to 20,000 yet. If you move prior to that 20,000 mark, you will be considered an early mover, which should give you an indicator of how early on we are in this process. This whole thing, this project, this lifetime project, it's just getting started. It's barely 10 years old. The project itself from inception of its idea is just over 10 years old. 
And uh, the move itself is less than 10 years. The uh, New Hampshire was chosen back in 2003. People began moving pretty much immediately thereafter. So folks have been moving now for not quite a decade. We've got over 1,000 people here already, and they're making a huge impact, as is proven by this new document that's come out over at SavingNH2012.com, the suggestion being that New Hampshire needs to be saved from the Free State Project, that the Free State Project is coming in and just ruining everything that is for the state, ruining everything for those who benefit from the status quo, ruining everything for those who had grand plans for expanding the government here in New Hampshire. Because the more liberty-oriented people get active, and I don't just mean Free State Project participants, I mean New Hampshire natives and people that have lived here for longer than the Free State Project's been around who also love freedom. The more people who love liberty that get active in New Hampshire, the more people that we can concentrate together, the more effective this whole process will become, the better political successes we'll have. And just here in Keene... There are at least half a dozen locals who are very active yes. in a liberty-oriented fashion. You know, it's not just the people that are active, but in statist fashion. You know, there there are at least half a dozen liberty-oriented people that are active just here in Keene. I tend to uh, I tend to find that the New Hampshire natives or folks that have been here for a long time tend to be better activists on average than the average Free State Project mover. That's just my observation. I think that's because they know the lay of the land. Right, they know the right. people here. They, you know, they know what it's like to to have lived here their whole lives, for instance, and they have that uh, going for them. And uh, so they've got the connections. But also, a lot of Free State Project participants are new. They're new to the ideas of liberty and new to the uh, the world of activism. But that doesn't matter as long as you're willing to do something and you are willing to plug in. You don't have to be a leader. You can just come up here and find something else, right. something else that's already going on, and yeah, plug now- into it. Now that you mention it, I do recall meeting some people at Social Sunday not too terribly long ago that said, you know, they got involved with Ron Paul in 2008, Mm -hmm. found out about the Free State Project in like 09 or 2010, and then moved up here now. Right. So, yeah, they're fairly new to the ideas of liberty, you know, depending on where they started when they first heard about Ron Paul or got involved with Ron Paul. But when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, you're immediately connected to uh, – if you want to be. You can be a loner if you want to move up to the woods and yeah, There are do some hermits that uh, move up here. But uh, you can be immediately connected to a huge activist network, and there are a lot of opportunities uh, to plug into. So you mentioned the Ron Paul folks. Uh, JJ, who was on this show for a long time, then moved uh, to Manchester – uh, JJ was a Ron Paul, you know, he found the Ron Paul campaign and found the Free State Project through finding the Ron Paul campaign and made the move here and became an amazing activist, getting, you know, putting up together his own television program and going from there and making the Gary Johnson zombie commercial, which was very popular uh, a couple months ago, I think. The Porkfest Chronicles. That's right. Those are, there's a lot of great videos from Porkfest that he did. So, you know, just that one person created so much activism. Now, imagine what 1,100 people can do, because that's how many people we have here right now. And imagine what 13,000 or 20,000 people would do. In fact, in this document from the haters over at SavingNH2012.com, uh, in, in this document, they talk about how you don't much even of a need difference 20, people make. You 20,000 people. You need right. – and they make the uh, argument that if only 5,000 people move and are active, then they will have 
a much higher impact. This is what uh, Dave Corbin, a University of New Hampshire political science instructor, this is an, another excerpt from this document here, said in an article in Foster's, uh, it's a local, I think, magazine or newspaper. Uh, he said, quote, uh, the free staters could accomplish many of their goals even if only a fraction of the proposed 20,000 moved here. Those who are analyzing the political, the potential effects of the group on the basis of numbers alone are not looking at the situation deeply enough, he said. Let's say only 4,000 of them move here. You wouldn't just say, what's 4,000? That's only a drop in the electoral bucket. But that's not looking at the situation properly. When you talk about those people who are politically active in New Hampshire, you're only talking about 5,000 people. Those are the people that political candidates target. If you have only 1,000 people from the Free State Project coming here to make a difference, they will. Another backhanded, inadvertent compliment about the Free State Project. What's a true statement anywhere, though? Like, if you could move 1,000 or, you know, 5,000 liberty activists to any one place, they will certainly make a difference. But they make more of a difference in New Hampshire because New Hampshire already has kind of that live for your die mentality. New Hampshire already doesn't have a state income tax, uh, you know, personal income tax or state sales tax. New Hampshire already has all these things going for it. It's the number one most free state of all the 50 states on the Merc- according to the Mercatus Center's study of that sort of thing. So it's already a good starting point from which to achieve more liberty. Plus, the population is relatively low in comparison to other states. So those 5,000 activists or 1,000 or 20,000 or however however many actually end up here, those people will have a greater impact just because of numbers. Right. And it's a lot easier to drive from one point to another in New Hampshire than, say, across Wyoming, for instance. Unless you live all the way up in, uh, what is that? Pittsburgh and if you live way up north, okay, yeah, it'll take you an hour and a half to get to Concord. Uh, I've heard two just because the way the uh, roading is. Well, if you want to live up in the woods, you can live in the woods in in New Hampshire. That's for sure. But most things, most things are relatively populated areas. Exactly, it's roughly an hour, pretty much from anywhere to Concord in a populated area. So I'd recommend you go to freekeen.com. It's the newest article. I just posted it called FSP Haters, released 26-page document about the FSP's success. Uh, we've just scratched the surface of this 26-page document, and it's a real t- it's a real testament to the success of the in-the-system activism here. These oh, and, status and are running scared. Uh, apparently, our attempts to make New Hampshire freer are stomping on the freedoms of the people that live here. We're going to continue with you and your thoughts. Uh, You're welcome to share them with us about whatever's on your mind. Also, still to come, um, a work crew from Alabama made the trip all the way up to New Jersey to help out with the hurricane relief efforts. And we'll explain what happened to them here in a few moments. 855-453, but your calls also are what come first on this program. So dial in at 855-450-3733. can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Teaching without preaching the ideals of liberty. To young and old alike, Libertania, the Liberation of Conformia, is a picture book which tells the story of Thomas the Candymaker and his trip from the free land of Libertania to the statist land of Conformia, where he deals with border crossings, fiat money, business regulations, and corrupt officials. With his civil disobedience and run for office, Conformia will never be the same. Go to Libertania.com to purchase your copy today in print or Kindle format. For a discount code, check out the Libertania Facebook page.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, as we have been talking about here for the bulk of the show thus far tonight. Uh, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. Uh, you can get interactive on there as well. There's a great forum, which is very useful for asking questions of other people that have already perhaps made the move here, You know things you might want to know about. Also at freestateproject.org, there's a great document called The 101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire. Now, th- as we've been pointing out, there are a lot of success stories here, and there are a lot of reasons to move to New Hampshire if you love the ideas of liberty. If you don't love liberty, you should stay right where you are. Or if you're already in New Hampshire, you should leave because things are not going to get better for you. If you are a statist and you like the uh, idea of controlling others, you've got problems if you live in New Hampshire because there are new people moving here every single week all across the state to get active for more freedom. So if you're one of those people that values freedom, go to freestateproject.org. And learn more about this. It's the most important thing I think that you can do for freedom in your lifetime is to pick up and make the move. Get together with other people that think like you do. Steve. I've oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just pulled Carol. up. There are 13,077 signers. Excellent. 1,105 official movers. Wow. It's gone up a couple in just the last couple of days. Good and to know. note I said official movers because there are some that move here that and don't tell anybody. Never notify yep. or never sign. Right. So we know there are at least 1,100 people that have made the move uh, or not really made, not necessarily made the move, but are here as part of the Free State Project. Uh, Steve, you're listening in North Dakota and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, yeah, I wanted to. Uh I wanted to say something. You know, usually whenever I talk, to, I, I debate or, you know, discuss, I should say, uh, the, the issues of liberty with status a lot. And uh, I, I tend to talk to a lot of conservatives. And when I do, I usually talk about um, the idea of constitutionality, uh, even though I'm, I'm like you guys, where, you know, it's just a piece of paper and words on paper don't have any any teeth whatsoever to, mm-hmm. and besides that, you know, if you've read Boston Tea Party's The Hologram of uh, Liberty, I believe it's called, where he essentially dissects the Constitution as being a document that is, is allows for the growth of government because it was written with sort of this clever language by guys who are basically attorneys. And, uh, but I end up talking about constitutionality a lot, and here's why. I, I had a discussion once with a guy he wasn't from where I was from, and he didn't believe me that you could have such a thing as private garbage collection. <laughs> he thought that I was just making this up. And he, he had a couple of questions for me, which he thought were rhetorical questions. He said, his first you know, so-called rhetorical question was, well, who in the world would volunteer to take away somebody's health <laughs> garbage? And then, and then his second rhetorical question was, uh, well, where would they get the money to buy garbage trucks? Those things are expensive, don't you know? Only the and government that, could afford a garbage truck. Of course. Well, and, <laughs> and, that, and, and uh, So I finally did convince him. And then he insisted, well, you probably get terrible service and it costs a lot of money. And I said, well, no, it costs about 30 bucks a month and the service is wonderful. I take the cans down and they take them back over to the side of the house. I don't even have to get them in the afternoon. So you have private pickup and, uh, there in North Dakota? Uh, well, it's where I used to live. This is ah, now, okay. now I live in... I get city pickup where I live now. I see. But, um, but that's the reason why I'm, I'm going to wrap this all up because there's a lot of loose ends here. That's the reason why I discuss constitutionality, and, and maybe I'm going about it wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not any kind of a genius or anything like that. 
but uh, but I might be going about it wrong. But that's the reason why, because if if they cannot comprehend that uh, that you can have private garbage collection companies competing on an open market, then how in the world are they ever going to comprehend private defense, uh, you know, regional defense agencies competing on an open market or private uh, so-called police? Oh yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, with appealing to the Constitution. It works for a lot of people. It's just the problem is different people have different uh, interpretations of what the Constitution means and and what it right. uh, you know what it should entail. Well, and as Butler Schaefer said, the Constitution is that thing that prevents the government from doing all those horrible things that it does. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree, uh, Steve. That it, it just works for some people. Like for instance, uh, the uh, trial of Jim Johnson last year here in New Hampshire. If you go to Juror Jim Tells All on Freekeen, you search for that on freekeen.com, it'll reveal that this juror really wanted to hear about the Constitution. He he would have maybe voted uh, not guilty had he been given some constitutional arguments in court. But Jim you know, wasn't, wasn't doing that. That wasn't what he was appealing to. And the suggestion basically from this juror who actually took the time to be interviewed afterwards was that that would have worked with him. So there are a large amount of people out there that uh, are still kind of in that constitutional framework of uh, mindset, and they do want to hear about that. So I think you're right. I think it's still valuable to appeal to it, but ultimately not to rely on it, not to uh, to use it as a crutch. Uh, but it's I think it's fair to use it uh, in a I conversation. Basically to point out the hypocrisy of – the rules that they have set for themselves say that they're allowed to do this, but they're doing this, 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 the other thing, right. and then they're not even doing it in the way that their own rules say that they can or should do something. Steve, uh, any other thoughts right. you want to share? Uh, well, just sort of dovetailing off of what I believe is that Johnny Ray. I think I recognize his voice. Johnny right? Ray is on Tuesday nights. This is Daryl from FPP.cc. Oh, Daryl. oh okay. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Daryl, but it, d- I'm telling you what he said. Um, I, I would like to say that basically the Constitution, especially if you read Rothbard, who lays it bare, the Constitution was the first major power grab in the history of the United States. So I, I, I often say that and let it sink in. You know, People try to dis- dispute it, but how can you? It was a centralizing document that, that basically gave uh, power that had been widely dispersed and, and put it into you know the hands of a few people. Steve, thanks for your call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. And by the way, uh, garbage pickup, at least here in Keene, New Hampshire, is completely private. And at least in the Phoenix area as well. It's interesting. Uh, I remember Ernest Hancock talking about uh, one of the activisms that they did in Phoenix. There was one of the communities, it might have actually been a completely separate city outside of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. They were going to have some kind of a vote on giving a monopoly to one garbage company. Ah, where Great. currently I think it's four, maybe five different companies that compete in this area. So they made up these little cards, orange cards that say, we inspected your garbage and found this, 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 the other thing. And they just went around and put these on everybody's garbage can mm-hmm. right after the garbage pickup. So that way, first thing they do when they go to pick up their gar- garbage can, What's see that? this little orange card. Yep. Wait a second. What is this? And then it was a website that they made up to basically you know forward to some websites that don't vote for a monopoly right here's what would happen they had a telephone number that went to i believe it was the newsroom for one of the local newspapers Mm -hmm. 
So that way, everybody that called the number got the news, and the news was like, wait a second, why are all these people That's calling funny. us about this thing they found in their garbage can? Nice. That's a great That's a great activism. And uh, it is private here in King, New Hampshire, which was a real surprise for me when I made the move here, because I'd been used to county pickup my whole life. You know? And that's why people get the way they, they are, is they're used to one thing. They... You know, if you've lived around government trash pickup your whole life, inevitably you're going to think that government, well, that's what it's here for. It picks up the garbage. If we didn't have government, garbage would pile up everywhere. Without government-run sewers, where would the poo go? Right. So all these questions presume that the services that they're discussing would not be available in a non-monopolistic scenario, which is all the government is. It just monopolizes these products and services. And then, you know, as Harry Brown says, uh, the government, you know, breaks your legs, hands you a crutch and expects you to be appreciative. Right. So look what we did for you. We gave you this crutch so that you can hobble around. Look, we're picking up the garbage. No one else would ever pick up the garbage. Only we, the government and our one contractor that we uh, that we're working with would ever pick up the garbage. No, there would never be a second uh, garbage company that would spring up and offer better prices, better service uh, and so on. What about the roads, Ian? 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything that you want. Take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealestate.com Bring up anything you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live, because you're free to call in, talk about anything you want, and the show's live all seven nights per week. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you in studio, it's Ian. And Daryl. Daryl is here, courtesy of his website, fpp.cc. Now, what's that stand for? Free Press Publications. And you are not just a publisher of a newspaper, but you also publish uh, books. Yes, uh, there's, I believe, eight, maybe nine books now that I've published under that banner. Cool. Uh, not all of them are my works. Mm-hmm. I've published books for other people, republished some uh, older material that's currently in public domain. Like, uh, uh, let's see, Spooner? Spooner's No Treason, yeah. uh, essays by Emma Goldman, that were originally published under the title Anarchism and Other Essays, which I have retitled The Essential Emma Goldman. Ah, nice. Less uh, less scary. That less way. scary. Right. That and you know it's basically the essential works of Emma Goldman. There you go. Uh and oddly enough, that book I am not allowed to sell on Amazon's European affiliates. Because they claim that it's copyrighted in Europe, huh? even though other companies are selling that same book 
in Europe. Weird. Yes. Uh, my own research on European copyright shows that either 70 years after the death of the author mm-hmm. or 100 years after the original publication. Both dates have passed. So I have no clue why they're claiming that it's copyrighted. Were you allowed to sell it and then they pulled that? Or was it like, do they check that out before they let something uh, on their site? The, the deal that I have with my printer, which also is the distributor that has ties with Amazon, mm-hmm. you select off which distribution methods you want to use. And Amazon EU is one of those methods. And before it was ever put on any of the European outlets, I got a nice little email. You are not allowed to sell this on our European affiliates. Bummer. And well, I'm you like, can go and why? Yeah, you could probably sell it through your website though. Still, yes. somebody in Europe. Yeah, it's, so. uh, Amazon.com. Right, it's available. Uh, so if you're in Europe, you could buy it through Amazon. Yes. Or uh, do you sell directly on your site, or is it only through Amazon? I do sell directly, but due to the way that I sell. It's only available to customers in the U.S. and Canada. I see. Just because I don't charge shipping. Right. Uh, if someone in Europe wanted to purchase... You'd have to figure out how much it would cost. Send me an email. Yeah. I, I do have a uh, barter option cool. available. So click barter, shoot me an email, say I live in Ukraine or wherever yeah. I can figure something out. That's uh, Daryl over at fpp.cc. Let's continue, and we'll talk to, I believe, Zach is on the line on the amp lines in Minnesota. Hey, Zach. Uh, hello, gentlemen. Hi, what's um, on your mind? I just had a quick question, uh, mostly for you, Ian. Okay. Um, I got a friendly invoice from uh, the Minnesota Department of Theft this week. Oh, boy. And uh, they, they claim that I owe them an additional $160 because they took a second glance at my 2008 um, invoice that they sent me. Mm. And, um, you know, yeah, 160 bucks isn't a whole lot of money, and I get that. But um, for me, it's more about the principal. Yeah. And um, because they will throw me in a cage or come take my house if I don't send them more money, um, I've, I've taken an inspiration from you, Ian, and my idea is to go to my bank, get $160 in nickels and dimes, and take it down there. Now, uh, uh, so this Minnesota Department of Revenue has a local office? Yeah, they, they're, uh, I'm in the suburbs of Minneapolis, so it would be feasible to drive down there. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, so when you do this sort of thing, I've never paid with pennies uh, or, or dimes or whatever. I, I don't know. The, the, one of the reasons why I've never done that is because they have certain tactics that they'll use when you do this sort of thing. So, for instance, if you come in with... They want uh, them to be rolled. They want them to be rolled, and in some cases they want you to write your address and name on the outside of every roll. Uh, which you know is a huge hassle. So they want to. If you do that, there's a chance that they're going to try to hassle you in some way. And I know in okay. Texas, they can refuse payments of twenty five dollars or more if you attempt to pay in coins. Wow. Okay. So I'm not saying don't. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying expect that there are certain obstacles you might run up against. Everything from out-and-out okay. refusal, like Daryl's saying, to ju- hoops that they'll make you jump through. Okay, I, I suppose I could do ones as well, but with only 160, it wouldn't yeah. really make the point of trying to. So. No, I really wouldn't. I mean, it, I, again, it wouldn't hurt I to paid, try it. 
$187 worth of vehicle registration at all ones one time. And I did not have them in the little wrappers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the lady actually had to sit there and count out 188 $1 bills. Right. Did she like that? Uh, she got a laugh out of it. She said, I'm glad you didn't pay in coins because we can refuse anything over $25 if paid in coins. So, and if you do this, make sure you bring a video camera along with you. That'll make it extra special for them. Oh, absolutely. But but what I really wanted to call in about was um, I was talking to my dad about this, and, and he's always the voice of caution in my life. And he's saying that uh, there's a chance that now I'll be flagged and every tax return I send in is going to be audited. <laughs> no, so, um, that's a reasonable paranoia. If, yeah, I mean... Uh, I know, Ian, that you're pretty much on the radar as it is, but how how realistic do you think that is? I haven't the slightest clue. I mean, I I don't know what the, you know, the Minnesota or Michigan or sorry, you're in Minnesota, right? Uh, Yeah. I don't know what the Minnesota Department of Revenue is like. I don't know if that's something that they're known for doing. Uh, I'm going to presume he knows more about it than I do and say he could be right about that. I mean, there very well could be some sort of flag day trip on uh, political dissidents. Uh, just to give them a hard time. Yeah. You, you could always learn origami, fold the dollar bills in the shape of pigs, and put them in Dunkin' Donut boxes. <laughs> Let us know how it goes, Zach. Appreciate the call tonight. 855-450-FREE. But didn't they make that guy unfold every single one of those? Yes. Yeah. And so. then they sat there and laughed at him while he did. Yeah. Let's go to Doug, also listening in Minnesota. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. My friends, how are you? Hey, dude, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, it's all Minnesota all the time. In fact, that other guy was from Fargo or the Midwest or North Dakota, right? Uh, no, he was actually, the, the last guy no, was No, the, the first guy oh, was the first North call. Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota, right. Yeah, so anyway, all Midwest. Hey, uh, piggybacking on the, on the garbage man uh, situation, Minnetonka, Minnesota, where I grew up, has three or four different garbage collection companies all competing for your dollar. Yep. One of them's a multi-million dollar waste management. One of them's Randy's Refuse. And there's two other little small guys that compete very well with each other. Yeah, we've got that here, out. too. The only bad part about living here is that the the city's still running the landfill. Yeah, I, I imagine that's probably the case here, too. I don't know for sure. But check this out. These guys compete for your dollars so much that just like the old cell phone companies, they give you a free month if you switch to them. Nice. So my sister-in-law and my brother used to sit there and switch companies every two months, and they'd get a free month, and they'd forget to switch, and then they'd switch to someone else. And, you know, these guys want your business, want your service. So they're, they're Wow. I'm surprised they don't put a limit on that. That's uh, I don't know if that's quite – I guess it's not really fraudulent, but I would say it's borderline. Yeah. And then the other thing, I know um, another friend of mine up in Michigan, what they do in his small town is they sell – the town, or someone, I think it is a town, sells specially colored bags, and they cost five bucks each, and then the garbage you want thrown away to the landfill goes in these special bags. All other garbage goes in different colored bags, and you're responsible for it. So that's another way, a little more statist, but another way of, uh, of pay as you go, where you're not paying taxes to go towards the garbage. But this was in case of the user fee in the case of the colored bags. I believe Peterborough, uh, which is about halfway between here and Manchester, does something similar. 
to where you can buy these special garbage bags from town hall, put your garbage in, and then they pick those up. Hmm. Five bucks yep. a bag seems pretty pricey. But so then you're not paying a pickup like, fee. Oh, yep. gotcha. Well, one of the way of doing that with, like, you know, security services. Like, you buy special colored mailbox so they know that, hey, we're going to watch this house or something. Or or you put some sign or, you know, I guess they've had those ADT signs out forever. This house looks by ADT. So, you know, they can sure. keep your business that way. Well, I'm sure with the uh, computerized world in which we live, the security companies of the future would easily be able to know who on any given street is a customer. Maybe just based on laptop or handheld device of some sort of some kind of readout. Piece of cake. Hey, Doug, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Crew from Alabama went up to New Jersey to help out with the cleanup, and they got turned away. We'll tell you why coming up. Hour two's next. Election Day is fast approaching. As Americans, we're looking to vote in a new batch of Washington's best, brightest, and morally bankrupt flim-flam artists that money can buy. These irresponsible, unaccountable politicians will try to convince us that red is more fashionable than blue, or that blue is superior to red. These hucksters all want us to know that it's okay to bend over for their big business friends. In our hearts, we all know that no matter what color we choose, we're going to get screwed. Oh, yeah. The staff at Vava Voom says let's get screwed in style. From naughty to nice, Vava Voom has all the top brands of adult novelties, DVDs, sexy lingerie, and supplements that will help keep your bedroom heated these cold winter nights. Let Vava Voom help you get your kink on. Prefer to shop naked? Oh, yeah. Fulfill even your naughtiest fantasies online at shopvavavoom.com. That's shopvavavoom.com. is free talk live and we are kicking off the second hour of this live edition of the program we are live every night every single night of the week you can get us from seven to ten o'clock at night eastern time we may be delayed on your local broadcast or if you're listening on xm uh so you may not be hearing us live but if you would like to call in while we're live you can listen to yourself later if you call in during live hours so 855-450-FREE that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come here tonight, a disturbing story from a court decision about surveillance cameras and the government being able to use them pretty much anywhere they want, including on your private property. We can tell you more about that here in a little bit. But, Daryl, you brought something hurricane-related in. There's a story involving some guys that actually traveled from Alabama yes. to New Jersey to help out, but they weren't allowed to. Uh Somewhat. Uh, This comes from WAFF, which is a television station in the Huntsville, Alabama area. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the headline says, Decatur, Alabama, the hurricane-ravaged East Coast has been receiving North Alabama assistance, but a Decatur utility crew turned around after after they learned they could not help in New Jersey unless they were affiliated with a union. A six-man crew from Decatur Utilities headed up this week to assist with storm damage from Sandy. Derek Moore, one of the Decatur workers, said he and his crew were notified they could not do any work in Seaside Heights, New Jersey, without agreeing to union requirements. Oh, boy. The general manager of Decatur Utilities, Ray Harden, 
told Fox Biz- told Fox Business on Friday that they were presented documents from the International Brotherhood of Electric Workers at a staging area in Virginia. The document stated they had to affiliate with a union to work, which the crew would not do. Horton said the crews were not turned away, but they were made to believe that affiliating with a union was a requirement to work. Quote, it was, it was and remains our understanding that agreeing to those requirements was a condition of being allowed to work in those areas. Uh, as so we, you can come help us if you join the union. Yes. And pay some union dues. I mean, presumably you can't just join a union without paying the dues, right? You have to pay dues to join the union. Great. So I guess they really don't need very much help up there in uh, in the New Jersey area with all that whatever flooding and devastation they have. Apparently they've got it under control with their union workers. And they don't need any of you, you scabs coming in there. Yeah, uh, that's what it seems. Uh, the article goes on and says... That's as- sick. As they waited for confirmation on the documents, crews received word that Seaside Heights had received the had received the assistance they needed from other sources. Quote, at this stage, it is not clear who is alleged to have turned the crew away, and the company that employs the affected workers has denied the claim, said IBEW President Ed Hill. IBEW local leaders in the New Jersey in New Jersey have reiterated what he has been what has been long-standing record for the union in times of crisis all help is welcome and we pull together with everyone to meet the needs of the public we have communicated apparently not we have communicated this to the office of the New Jersey governor Chris Christie as well the crew from Decatur Utilities attempted to look for work in other areas but Ray Hardin said based on the uncertainty of other union requirements, they made the decision to return home wow. after being stalled in Virginia for most of Thursday. Other utility crews from Alabama are still helping with storm cleanup. Huntsville Utilities said they were not turned away and are in Long Island, New York. And Joe Wheeler, EMC, said... So it depends who you ask, basically. Because I imagine Long Island is unionized as well. Uh, right, but... In Long Island, they didn't say you must join the union. That's what I'm saying. It depends who you ask, right? right? So, like, one group of guys went up to this Jersey area. Tried to go to New Jersey. They were refused. In Long yes. Island, they were let to, allowed to help. From, yeah, it was a different utility group from Alabama. Right. Huntsville and Decatur are very close together. Right. They're basically suburbs of yes, one another. Yes, we were on the air in Huntsville, Decatur. And then uh, a crew from Joe Wheeler EMC said they did not respond to New Jersey but traveled instead to Maryland and headed home once they were finished working in Maryland. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. It reminds me of the Hurricane Katrina aftermath where there was a story about a doctor, and probably more than one, but at least one doctor that showed up on a scene where uh, they had you know, some injured people, some people that needed some, uh, some attention. He showed up and was willing to assist. Uh, I don't know where he was from, but he had come down there for the purpose of of helping out and was told that uh, he could not assist because he had not filled out the proper paperwork, uh, which would take uh, approximately eight hours or something like that. He had to go through the proper processing uh, that FEMA required him to go through in order for him to actually you know, assist with whatever patients needed to be seen. So uh, basically they were keeping people who were willing to help, who were qualified to help, 
uh, away from actually helping people in urgent, dire circumstances because of bureaucratic regulations. And from what I understand, uh, some of the Red Cross people were also turned away down in New Orleans after Katrina. Mm-hmm. You know, which surprise me. Just, it makes absolute no sense why you would turn away assistance. I think it's a control thing. I mean, they're putting the control and the regulations above actually helping people. They're putting the you know the routine above the exigent, and they are basically just standing in the way because they can. Right. And obviously, they're not concerned about helping people. They're concerned about their bureaucracy and their rules. Yeah, and then when you know the people that love the state say, "Well, without government giving out welfare, who would feed the needy?" Well, there are a bunch of people that want to feed the needy now. In many cases, they aren't allowed. They're prevented from doing so. Like in Orlando, where they were arresting people. You get arrested if you give food to, what is it, more than 25 people that aren't relatives in public or something? Yep. Yeah, and that's not the only place like that either. They put some regulations in like that in Philly recently. Uh, Back before I left Sarasota, Florida, they they had just passed a similar regulation in the uh, city parks there ridiculous your thoughts again 855-450-FREE Aaron's in Springfield Illinois you can bring up whatever's on your mind on Free Talk Live hey Aaron hey thank you um, I wanted to bring up some good news uh, first of all let me say how shameful it is uh, that these guys were turned away from helping in Long Island by yeah. the union uh, if that's true uh, I should say um, anyway uh, BBC and Yahoo News are both reporting that uh, Proposition 64 in Colorado to legalize pot has uh, energized a bunch of liberty-minded younger voters, and uh, they're coming out not only to vote in favor of the pot legalization, but also uh, to vote for Johnson. And uh, that's looking like it's uh, spelling pretty bad news for Obama in uh, Colorado. Seems awfully uh, hopeful as far as uh, Gary Johnson's turnout is concerned. I don't expect that will be much of anything, but maybe I'll be proven wrong, which would be nice. Uh, I just think it's interesting that they're finally admitting that Johnson is pulling votes from both sides now instead of just, he's going to ruin it for Romney. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't don't harbor any delusion that, you know, Johnson's going to win the whole state of Colorado, but... But it is interesting to see that the media has given you know some positive attention to Johnson. You know, yeah, we'll take it wherever you can get it. I I hope that uh, that it turns out better than I don't know. I don't expect him to get more more than a half a million votes. Really, I, I mean that's generally well, I, about I what either. the uh, that's about what the uh, candidates for the Libertarian Party that's have been getting. The average, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm mostly excited because it's the uh, it's the pot legalization that's bringing out the younger voters. That that's what's exciting to me about it. Well, they haven't voted yet, right? I mean, what this is just a, a no. this is what is a phone poll? How did they figure this out? Uh, uh, that I don't know. I'm sorry, uh-huh. and I should have done my research on that before I brought this to your attention. No, that's okay. I mean, I just uh, I'm always skeptical when it comes to uh, getting the younger voters out. I mean, I've stood at polling locations on voting days and hardly seen any young people going out to vote. So I know that there's a lot of effort put into attempting to get young people to vote. I just don't see it being very fruitful. Right. right. Well, it's encouraging that uh, at least in some places the younger vote is is moving in a more liberty-minded mindset. I guess we'll see. We'll see if uh, Colorado has a greater or, you know, what the voting percentage of Johnson folk are in Colorado compared to other states, and then we'll be able to make a statement like that. Until then, it's it's speculative. But let us know what you find out, Aaron, as the election 
transpires. Thanks for the call tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. They do have a really good uh, marijuana provision on the ballot there in Colorado, like total legalization of it. It's free talk. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can bring up what you want toll-free. 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find waiting for you there. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that there. That's Shrine. .freetalklive.com and I want to tell you about a great Bitcoin site called blockchain.info. You want to talk about useful? Not only is blockchain.info an online Bitcoin wallet. Now, those exist elsewhere. You can have a variety of different online Bitcoin wallets. The difference is blockchain.info has fancy encryption techniques meaning that blockchain and the people behind it never have access to your money. In fact, they can't even know how much money you're sending or receiving. Make it easy for you. They've got apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones. Plus, with their blockchain wallet, you can even send your Bitcoins to others via email. If they don't have a Bitcoin client yet, no problem. Send it via email uh, or send it to any Facebook friend or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. And all of that, all those services that blockchain.info offers to you, it's all free. So go to blockchain.info to get your free Bitcoin wallet today and get started. We'll tell you about how to get some Bitcoins here in a short bit. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. We'll talk to Marcus, the one-man rock band in Keene, New Hampshire. You're on the amp lines. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I do live in Keene, New Hampshire, but uh, I moved from New Jersey. Oh, and yeah. I still... I still work out of New Jersey. I mean, I work in New Hampshire, but the the business I work for is in New Jersey. And so my, my friends and family and coworkers uh, live in New Jersey. Does that mean you still and, have to pay New Jersey income tax? Um, I, th- I think so, but oh. I, I haven't been here long enough to to get hit, hit up with that yet. But uh, gotcha. I think that's the case. Bummer. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. It is a bummer. Um, so I'm calling because you guys were talking about the um, – electric company, uh, the power company, and, and the, the debacle with... In Seaside uh, Heights. That's right. And these out-of-state workers coming in to help because uh, it was a disaster and, of course, being turned away because of the... the um, they were not union. The, they would not right, accept the, uh, the union agreement to be able to help right. out. Um, so... Really, this is uh, it's a travesty because, un, you know, unfortunately, I know the, the what's going on down there is uh, a lot of people have been without power since Monday. Um, the the office I work out of has been without power since uh, since Monday. It still is out of power. 
Um, gas, people can't even get gasoline in New Jersey. There's really long lines, and people are fighting yeah. uh, over getting gas. So even to run a generator is difficult because the few gas stations that have been open are only allowing – some of them are only allowing you to buy $20 of gas at a time. and. Mm. Um, so it's a pretty tense situation from all accounts that I've heard personally from people on the ground in New Jersey. Sounds like um, it. But, yeah, but really the, the problem stems from uh, government um, regulating and controlling energy and uh, the sale of energy. It's uh, all the, you know, the companies are granted this privilege of, of uh, pro- being able to sell energy to the people on the ground. And, you know, any normal business person can't decide to start up their own energy company. It's, a, it's against the law. They just can't do it. Even, even if you have your own uh, solar panels, it's illegal for you to sell that energy to your neighbor. Uh, you can only sell hmm. it back to the, uh, the grid. The, right. It's um, illegal so, for you to give energy to your neighbor. <laughs> it's 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 really absurd, and uh, the people I've talked to, uh, you know, I I kind of bring have brought it up in a very very soft manner just to say like, oh well, you know, the problem is that this it's too centralized and controlled, and and everybody has absolutely agreed uh, because in the past two years, New Jersey uh, has had some big power power outages uh, that have lasted many days. Um, quite a few times in the last couple of years. So a lot of people are really feeling that. And uh, it's just a shame that, you know, it really comes down to, uh, I feel, it, it's that government control uh, over the who's allowed to create and sell energy. Yeah, I wa- why uh, are the gas stations running low on gas? Are they unable to get the tanker trucks in there somehow to refuel? Yeah, that's my understanding. And I heard on the radio today that why is it just because the the traffic's that bad? Why what uh, what's roads the... are flooded? Oh, uh, so you know there are some roads where you absolutely cannot drive down. Oh, thank goodness we have the government take care of the roads. I mean, whew, what do we do <laughs> without? I, it? I heard something on the radio today. Apparently, the EPA has temporarily suspended some of the uh, clean fuel initiatives. So that instead of, you know, oh, you've got to put ethanol in and add all these additives, uh-huh. we'll just let you have the fuel, you know, without all the additives, without the ethanol, you know, the way you used to buy it 15, 20 years ago. Might have been longer than that. I'm not sure. Uh, so they've temporarily suspended. Just to speed things up? Is that Just the idea? to speed things up to where the fuel can leave the refinery faster hmm. to then go fill up the gas stations. Interesting. Marcus yeah, because uh, some of the gas stations don't have power themselves. Right. Um, and from what I understand, and, and I'm only – I didn't read about this, but from what I understand, it has to do with, I guess, uh, wherever they're bringing the gas from in New Jersey, maybe there's power outages there. And like Daryl's saying, they, they're probably not able to process it uh, fully to get it ready to ship out. Well, right. Uh, so they, if they can't make it to the gas station physically to unload gas into the tanks there – there's that factor, and then there's also the fact that in most places, there's usually pricing controls that go into place, uh, especially after a natural, you know, natural disaster. Whereas otherwise, a gas company that has a low stock of fuel 
would be able to raise their prices in relation to what they have and what other companies have and you know what's available in the marketplace and price more based on what's you know what's available supply and demand uh, to make it so that people don't just come and fill up as much gas as they can possibly get I mean I see that you're saying that they are limiting some purchases at uh, at gas stations but they're likely also the state is also likely limiting the price of that gas as well because if gas were higher priced uh, in these areas people would be much more judicious about the amount that they would uh, that they would purchase and Marcus I've got one weird question I don't know if you know the answer and I don't know if this is playing a factor or not New Jersey is one of two states to where it is illegal to pump your own gas that's correct do you know if the fact that they have to have the gas pump boy <laughs> that could be slowing uh, things does down that is that slowing anything down or do you know I, I highly doubt that that's much of a factor. I, I mean, it, it might add to it at some point. It, obviously, if you don't have uh, enough ten, uh, attendance for a gas station, it's going to be an issue. But re- at this point, I think the, what was the probably the biggest um, thing was that a lot of gas stations didn't have power. And so mm-hmm. since lots of them didn't have power, um, everybody converged on the ones that did have power, and then they very quickly ran out of gas right. because they weren't getting a new delivery uh, my brother was actually sitting in line for a long time waiting to get gas, and uh, 10 cars away, they ran out of gas. That's so, a huge we, mess. Thanks yeah. for the call, Marcus. Appreciate the update. Feel free to keep us in the loop as you hear more. Thanks for it. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Maybe you're there in Jersey uh, in the affected area, and you can tell us what it's like. From what I understand, there's some pretty serious problems with uh, looting and things like that as well. Uh, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Maybe you want to tell us about what's going on in New Jersey and New York with the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy and how the government is likely making things worse than they otherwise would be, say, by building really crappy roads that are prone to flooding and prevent uh, gas tankers from getting to gas stations to get people the gasoline that they desperately need to continue on with their lives. And then putting up very short seawalls that any half big wave could go over. Mm -hmm. I think, what, the seawalls in New York City are four feet? I haven't the slightest clue. I'll take your word for it. That's what I heard. Four feet. (laughs) You know, that a large wave is much higher than four feet. Sure. So you can share your observations with us, 855-450-FREE. Also, we told you uh, tell you how to get some Bitcoins. Maybe you've hooked up with your first Bitcoin wallet. Perhaps you have installed the Bitcoin software on your computer, or maybe you're using blockchain.info and their wallet. Of course, you can have more than one if you'd like. Uh, but you can get your Bitcoins over at bitinstant.com, and it makes it easy 
to be able to uh, you know to to be able to purchase bitcoins with cash, and then you can put them in whatever Bitcoin wallet that you like. In fact, from what I understand, uh, BitInstant is going to be launching a second version of their website very soon. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to tell you about that when it happens. But I'm pretty excited about that because BitInstant is great as is. In fact, right now it looks like it might be under construction as we speak, as a matter of fact. So uh, we'll know more over uh, over time. But BitInstant.com is where you can go to hook yourself up with some Bitcoins. And then uh, both blockchain and BitInstant are participating in Bitcoin Friday, which takes place one week from today. What is Bitcoin Friday? Bitcoin Friday is basically like Black Friday, only for Bitcoin merchants. Really? Uh, this is the first annual, and I'm participating. I'm giving a 10% discount to all orders if the people use Bitcoins. Shire Silver is participating. Uh, there's, at last count, when I was on this afternoon, it looks like 50 or 51 different merchants of different varieties. So these are merchants from where you could buy things with dollars, but if you use Bitcoins, you'll be given a better deal? Yes, that's Sweet. the point of Bitcoin Friday, is to encourage people to use Bitcoins. Very cool. And that's BitcoinFriday.com. Awesome. Thanks for the heads up on that. I had not been made aware. 855-450-FREE. And you're saying that's going to be Black Friday? Uh, no, it's no. Uh, one week from today, November One week 9th. from today. Okay, gotcha. All right, so uh, 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number here tonight. Jay's in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jay. Jay, hey, hi, how are you guys doing? Just great. Um, Go ahead with your thoughts. So I'm, I'm here in New York City and uh, bearing the brunt of all of this. Um, so I just wanted to share a couple little anecdotes um, sure. about the road. One is, like, there's a few trees, like, in my neighborhood that have been uh, knocked over, and people are just, like, fascinated by them. Like, they come around, they take pictures, and when the crews finally came today to cut some of them down, people were just, you know, standing there in awe of these people. Like, if they had not come, there's no way those trees would have been moved. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I'm included. I mean, we're completely, like, helpless. You know, it's like, no one even You New Yorkers have never seen a downed tree before? I, I saw the... Sorry, go ahead, what? You New Yorkers have never seen a downed tree before? Certainly snow has fallen... Uh, fell, uh, fallen? Fallen? Fell? No, too fell. A, a couple like, of trees. I looked at it, I was like, wow, if I had a chimney, like a fireplace, I would have definitely, like, tried to do something. I would have been, like, free firewood the whole year. I mean, you know, like, but no one was thinking that. Anyway... Huh. So that that was just really funny, and like so, but it's not even funny because ambulances couldn't get up certain streets if they need be. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, if there was a fire, but people just like were like, oh, whatever, we'll just wait till the city get, takes care of it. Like, right. it's just crazy. And then like the buses, like all the transportation is a little messed up. Like the subway is getting into Manhattan, but the buses are free, and so it's like when you know it's free, well, it's packed, right? Because uh -huh. everybody's taking it, right? Yep. And so it's like I had to wait for four buses, you know, until I Jeez. finally squeezed onto, you know, like, you know, a little sardine, which is fine. Listen, it was free. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I mean, it's not free. Obviously, I pay for it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And then it got me to thinking, it's like, you know what? I mean, should they just, like, it's like $2.50. Like, should they just make it free the whole year? Like, 
would it really make a difference? Is it is it a way of rationing who rides the buses or not? Well, well, I sure. Mean, I mean, having prices set controls uh, to some extent who's going to participate, as you've observed. I mean, if there was a price set on it, some people might decide to walk. Otherwise, you know, if they only have to go a couple blocks, they might decide to just walk there. But but if the bus is free, then why not get on the free bus? Yeah, like I would rather ration services in other areas and allow people actually that one thing because I think it's kind of nice to be able to get around if you're going to have this. Yeah, but like you said, you place. had to wait for four buses before you could get on one. Right? No, no. I would like a ton more buses. So if you want to have something that makes people's like life, like everyday life, like more you know manageable and easy, that's like one area where you oh, could right. do so it. Um, more... Even though the two fifty is not like a huge dent in my pocket, but more buses. That, that was one issue, and then, and then the gasoline Jay? thing is like. Hey Jay. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Daryl. Okay. You you want more buses, and you want them to be free. How much more in taxes would that cost? Well, no, I would want to cut something else, right? You'd have to cut something else, like an equal part. Because I, I'm just so he's thinking, saying cut government elsewhere uh, and just buy thinking, more you know, buses. There's roughly what 10 million people in New York, mm-hmm. and a monthly bus pass is, I don't know, say a hundred dollars. Uh, if half of the people buy a monthly bus pass, that's a large amount of money, but. You want you know do away with bus passes, have it all be free, and add more bus. How that about, just no, seems no, no, like a lot of money. You know, if you're going to have something for quote free, I mean, that, that yeah, I, I see that where I you're coming from. I mean, I, the problem is though, when you ask government to handle these things, they do it for way more than would otherwise cost. So you're only looking at the free aspect of the ticket is free. But uh, it would cost a lot more money for them to purchase those buses because they pay top dollar for them, and then they pay you know through the nose to operate them with the union employees and the things like union that. Union employees that can't be fired, right? And the uh, and of course, if you know, there's a bunch of free city buses going around. That's going to put the other bus companies out of business. There are no other uh, bus companies in you New could, York. No, well, you there can. Are, there actually, yeah, there are. It's interesting. Um, a lot of the uh, – most of us are immigrants here, but, like, there's certain immigrant communities that have dollar vans. Yeah. They, if you travel abroad, you know what I'm talking about, like the little minivan things. Yeah, yeah, and they got jitney cabs so, and things like that. But uh, these uh, – a lot of these vans and jitney cabs – or jitney cab, by definition, is an unlicensed uh, cab. Okay, uh, well, so, when you said bus, I'm thinking large No, they actually bus. have the megabus and things like that. There's uh, There are buses that transport people from, uh, say, like D.C. to uh, to New York City. Those buses are operating within the city limits as well. Uh, so, But there's a tremendous amount of restrictions on who can run a bus and who can run a cab or a van. Right. And the medallions are very expensive. I think the last I heard they were like $400,000. That's per vehicle, if I'm not mistaken. So you've got to pay a serious amount of dough in, able, in, in order to be able to operate a business to simply transport people around. And so if you've got the city that's undercutting you by offering free rides to everyone, that's going to seriously affect the other company's abilities to, uh, to do business in the city. So you're talking about a mess on all sides. The only real way to solve the problem is to get the city out of busing 
and allow the marketplace to actually solve and, and get handle rid that of the problem. Medallions for cabs. Yeah, absolutely. Eliminate licensing and let the marketplace solve the issue of getting people from point A to point B, which inevitably will happen. Jay, thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Good luck out there. Eight five five four fifty free. We got another uh, guy on the line from New York City, and maybe you've got, uh, or from the area there, maybe you've got some observations. Uh, Huffington Post reporting that there are there's looting, uh, there's fighting, plaguing South Brooklyn. We can talk to you about that and take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Stranded New Yorker claims that people are defecating in the hallways in a desperate situation. I don't know why they're stranded. There's a lot going on, more than we can put our finger on. It's Free Talk Live. Share with us your thoughts. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Still to come, disturbing court decision. Pretty scary, actually, about your privacy, and or what's left of it. We'll give you that here in a little bit, 855-450-3733. And inviting you to our website, where you can actually control the content. Actually, apparently this website's broken right now. The voting system is uh, somehow messed up. But normally you can vote uh, yes or no, or up and down rather, on different items on our site that are submitted by listeners just like you. And then the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the website. Our techs are working on solving that uh, issue right now. So thanks to uh, the gentleman who put it up on our Facebook page to give us a heads up that it was going on. Uh, You can go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. There's still a lot to do there. The site uh, is loaded with archives, loaded with features, and you don't have to pay a dime for it. Now, there are ways for you to support the show, and one of them is by becoming an amplifier. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is we'll take in Five bucks a month from you, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board as well so more people can experience the ideas of freedom and consider them for themselves. Go to amp.freetalklive.com as we continue to discuss New York City, North Jersey, what's going on with the Hurricane Sandy aftermath. Uh, let's go to Lauren. Of course, you can call in about anything. Lauren happens to be in the New York area. What's on your mind tonight, Lauren? Lauren in New York. Going once. Lauren in New York going twice. I don't know what happened to his call. We'll put him on hold. Maybe he'll come back around here in a moment. Now, we've been uh, receiving some phone calls from some folks who either are in the New York City, Jersey area or have loved ones or coworkers uh, who are and they know something, a little bit of something about what's going on there. Uh, apparently, it's uh, it's pretty bad for a lot of folks. They can't even get uh, gasoline. A lot of gas trucks are being blocked from being able to get to the gas stations that are in desperate need of gasoline. So uh, that's causing some problems. In addition to that, there's still some significant flooding. Uh, Huffington Post is reporting that water that had risen six feet high 
hadn't completely drained away from the streets of Coney Island in Brooklyn, yet looters had already rifled through the remains of vulnerable shops on Mermaid Avenue. At about 8 a.m. on Tuesday, workers arrived at Mega Aid Pharmacy to find that not only had Hurricane Sandy obliterated the building's interior the night before, but thieves had broken in and gone through more than a uh, more than 10,000 pharmaceutical items. Most of the stolen goods were prescription medications. Of course, because you can get quite a uh, nifty chunk of change for the right prescriptions. That's right. Uh, yeah, something like an oxycodone or something like that, you can get probably 20 bucks a pill, depending on the amount of milligrams in those pills. And, of course, if uh, prescription medications weren't prescription and you could just go and buy them off the shelves, then no one would care about right. this. They, they would be much cheaper. Although, Sudafed, which is over-the-counter, mm-hmm. You can't purchase more than a certain number of boxes now because apparently if you know chemistry and have some other stuff, you can cook this stuff down and then make meth. It's true. Pseudoephedrine. So, you know, su- but pseudoephed. then again, that's that's prohibition, right? So if you know if we didn't have to some extent. Yeah, if we, it's an effective prohibition. If we didn't have drug prohibition, then meth could be made in laboratory environments and made in large batches and bring the price down significantly. It could be made in factories. Exactly. So Huffington Post reporting here the water went away and these people started walking down the streets and just robbed stores, said a frustrated worker at the pharmacy who wished to remain anonymous. He and the pharmacy's manager looked at their shop in disbelief that afternoon as workers carried out salvageable supplies. Manager said, I don't even know what it's going to take until we're operational. This breaks the business. I don't even know where to start. Their story was just one of many on Mermaid Avenue, one of only a few streets in Coney Island, teeming with people and officers. Locals said that the police presence in the neighborhood came after looters stole from banks, pharmacies, and other shops with valuables. It's a crime that can be almost expected after a disaster. As Hurricane Irene pummeled the Atlantic coast last year, looting was so prevalent that True TV put together a security footage slideshow of the crime. Shortly after Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans was plagued with looting and violent attacks, according to the New York Times. Now, you know, another thing that uh, you, know, you might want to observe about this is that New York, New Jersey, very restrictive gun states. These yes. are places where it's very difficult to acquire a weapon legally. And uh, so that means that if you are a shop owner and you would like to defend your property Not from allowed. looters... Yeah, you can't do it unless you're gonna karate kick everybody. Baseball bat, right? Uh, no, can't have pepper spray because apparently that's very difficult to legally obtain in New York City. Uh, yeah, baseball bat, pretty much. You cannot do what the I remember back the Rodney King, the post Rodney King riots in L.A. There was that Korean store. Oh owner. yeah, just pulled the guns on people. Well, he was up on like top of the you know the building, you know, aiming downward with an AK or something like that, and uh, that kept folks away from robbing his store. But you can't do that in New York City. You can't do that in North New Jersey. So that's another factor. Uh, it's a crime because you can't expect the cops to protect you. They're not going to protect your business. They're around doing other things like directing traffic or investigating something else, you know, at the moment during the disaster when you would supposedly need that protection. And why, why do we need cops to direct traffic? Why can't, you know, some private group go direct traffic? And even if they weren't directing that traffic. They wouldn't owe you anything. They don't owe you any, right. you know, lookout or or you know, having a cop drive by every so often. They don't owe anybody. Courts anything. have even ruled that. Yeah, over and over again. So you can't 
You can't take your security into your own hands, and you can't count on the police to be there. So your stuff is as good as gone, man. The only way you're not going to get looted is if you happen to have enough bars on the windows and the doors to somehow stop people from getting in or you know breaking into the store. And now I never have understood the whole looter mentality of after any kind of natural disaster, whether it's you know, well, you're not flooding, a thief, apparently. Hurricane, tornado, whatever, just oh, it's free stuff to I them. I can go get free stuff. Well, right. The idea is that uh, you know the normal systems are not there to stop them, right? The the normal people aren't around because in a lot of people will say it's the police that are stopping people from behaving like this. It's not true. If you look at Hurricane Katrina, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, there were two groups of people left in the city. The people that were there to commit crimes and the other criminals, the government. And yeah. that didn't stop. So there were plenty of cops and troops around that didn't stop looting from happening. What stops looting and what stops behavior like this, for the most part, is the average people that happen to be in the area at the time these things go down. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I I could understand if the looters were taking food, water, you know, survival needs. I could understand that. But going in and looting big screen TVs mm-hmm. during an emergency, you know, it, it's not people that are looting because they have a need no, for it's a survival. Want. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a thief that found it's an opportunity. a good opportunity. That's what thieves do, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know if you recall this, but after Hurricane Katrina, there was vo- video footage of cops looting. Yeah. <laughs> Just going into Walmart, put a TV in the cart, and walk out with it. Who's going to say anything to you? You're dressed like a cop. Well, according to the story here, it's, uh, it's a crime you can expect after any disaster. Solid numbers aren't available for New York City crimes connected to the Superstorm. The 60th precinct, which covers Coney Island, was evacuated and subsequently flooded on Monday night. Though several officers couldn't say definitively whether there had been reports of looting or other crimes in the area, many were, tell, uh, were quick to tell office onlookers to go home. So, you know, the cops took off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't get into dinghies and start uh, paddling around. They left. So once again, they don't owe you anything. They should have just gotten the bear cat because apparently <laughs> that will protect you from, from a every flood. natural disaster yeah. in the world. <laughs> this two two ton tank or whatever is gonna. It's probably more than two tons, but this monstrous police tank that they're proposing in cities all across the country. So uh, your thoughts are, again, welcome here. Observations. Maybe you are in New York City or North New Jersey and you want to share what you've seen uh, nearby at a city housing project called Ocean Towers. But that, uh, that's appropriately, <laughs> appropriately named now. A fight broke out in front of reporters and cops. Two women threw haymakers at one another. The hell is a haymaker? It's a type of a punch. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's a boxing term. There, There's a specific type of punch called a haymaker. I think it's sort of like an overhand. I see. Sort of <laughs> where this is a a hook and then like straight on is more of a jab. Sort I of the, so like the classic cat fight uh, punch. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. Throw your hands <laughs> in the uh, sort of rotating motion and just hope to connect. So uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Fights, looting, people are out of gasoline, they're turning on each other. 
Uh, it sounds like a real mess. Defecating in the hallways. Apparently defecating in hallways in some parts of uh, the, I think, Staten Island it was there. 855-450-FREE, the SACL, CAI toll-free line. Also coming up, the disturbing news from a court about the warrantless use of hidden surveillance cameras on private property. We'll share that and more. Your calls. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. Scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum five. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features and corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant. is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And with you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. Once again, 855-450-3733. Join us on the website at freetalklive.com where you can actually control the content of the site. You can enjoy the whole site for free. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their websites. We give it away at freetalklive.com, so do enjoy that. Said that we were going to talk about a disturbing court decision, and it's pretty it's a pretty big deal. According to Declan McCullough over at CNET, news.cnet.com, police are allowed in some circumstances to install hidden surveillance cameras on private property without obtaining a search warrant, according to a federal judge. The other day, earlier this week, CNET has learned that the U.S. District Judge William Griesbach ruled that it was reasonable for Drug Enforcement Administration agents to enter rural property without permission and without a warrant to install multiple covert digital surveillance cameras in hopes of uncovering evidence that 30 to 40 marijuana plants were being grown. It's the latest case to highlight how advances in technology are causing the legal system to rethink how Americans' privacy rights are protected by law, or in this case, not protected in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so were these cameras inside the house or just on the property? This was, uh, I believe, out in the woods. Okay. So outdoors. Not that I'm defending this at all because I think it's complete BS, but under current laws, the way they've been written and interpreted... A police officer can walk into your backyard if he suspects that something illegal is taking place in the backyard without a warrant. This is true. So, you know, the putting up of cameras on the property could probably, I I could see how the judge says, no, that's the same as the cop just walking around on the property. I see where you're coming from. Although, and, and maybe there's a law enforcement officer like listening. Said, I'm not, You're not in defending any it. way defending it. I'm just seeing how the argument could be made. But I don't think that cop, 
Now, look, I'm not a lawyer, so if there's a you know somebody listening that knows more about this, feel free to call in at 855-450-FREE. But I don't think that what you said is true if you have locked off your backyard. So if it's easy for the officer to simply open a gate and walk in, they can do that. If they can just walk on back there, they can do that. They can access any area of your property that's not behind some sort of a lock. Yes. Uh, as I understand it, because they would need a warrant in order to get into some sort of locked uh, area, whether it be a tool shed or the entire backyard is, is you know fenced in with a large privacy fence right. and there's a lock on it. Uh, they don't have the ability to, say, break the lock or jump the fence legally, I don't believe. Uh, that's my understanding as right. well. Okay, so just to make that clear, but in this case, this is an area that obviously is too large to have any sort of significant fencing or uh, protection. They were able to go in and set up multiple cameras to observe the property to see if uh, there were 30 to 40 marijuana plants being grown there. This is the latest case uh, on to highlight how advances in technology are causing the legal system to rethink your privacy rights. In January, the Supreme Court rejected war- warrantless GPS tracking after previously rejecting warrantless thermal imaging, but it has not yet ruled on warrantless cell phone tracking or warrantless use of surveillance cameras placed on private property without permission. This was a district court ruling, so uh, will it, it probably will end up going up to a higher court Yesterday, the district court judge adopted a recommendation by U.S. Magistrate Judge William Callahan dated October 9th. That recommendation said that the DEA's warrantless surveillance did not violate the Fourth Amendment, which prohibits unreasonable searches and requires that warrants describe the place that's being searched. Quote, the Supreme Court has upheld the use of technology as a substitute for ordinary police surveillance. So that's what you're suggesting. Instead of instead of placing an officer in, you know, under a bush in the uh, location to which they wanted to uh, observe, they placed a camera in some sort of hidden location. You know, if whatever police department this was, if they just had a drone, it would be so much easier because, you know, then they wouldn't have to worry about the pesky cameras and sticking them onto the trees and then a bear knocking it off. Yeah, but the, you know, the people growing the plants might notice the drone flitting about. So planting a camera would probably be a little bit more effective. Yeah, I know. I'm just. Yeah, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Uh, two, de- two defendants in the case, Manuel Mendoza and Marco Mangana of Green Bay, have been charged with federal drug crimes after DEA agent Stephen Curran claimed to have discovered more than 1,000 marijuana plants growing on the property and faced possible life imprisonment and fines of up to $10 million. Mendoza and Margana asked Callahan to throw out the video evidence on Fourth Amendment grounds, noting that no trespassing signs were posted throughout the heavily wooded 22-acre property owned by Mangana and that it also had a locked gate and if we've learned anything from our dealings here in new hampshire posting no trespassing orders to city officials is apparently suspicious and they believe that that gives them probable cause to think that you're doing something illegal that's according to the uh, warrant that was issued right yes uh, this was the warrant that they issued when they raided the Keene Activity Center, of which you were uh, managing at the time and uh, were sleeping. At the time, I was not managing. Oh, you were not. You were just there as a tenant. Thank you. Uh, you were sleeping at the time. They yes. woke you up, and you attempted to sue them uh, as a result of that. And well, that first case was I dismissed. asked repeatedly for an apology. That's true. And had they apologized— You would not have sued. It would have been over with. So I wrote a letter saying, hey, you did this. I asked repeatedly for an apology. None was given. I'll give you another chance to give an apology. And then, you know, 
went on with the lawsuit and it got dismissed because the judge claims that I failed to state a claim upon which relief might be granted. And the judge said that because it was dismissed for those reasons, she did not have to discuss all the immunities that are claimed by the state. And she did not discuss Article 10, which I brought up in court papers. Now, this uh, you posted this decision on freekeen.com? Yes, right? I did. So folks can go back there and scroll down, check that out. Uh, in this case, they had posted no trespassing signs on this 22-acre property and had a gate that was locked. So it doesn't say that the property was fenced, but the, the gate was locked and the cops went on there anyway. The judge based his reasoning for allowing the cameras on a 1984 Supreme Court case called Oliver versus United States, in which a majority of justice, justices said that open fields could be searched without warrants because they're not covered by the Fourth Amendment. What lawyers call cartilage, on the other hand, meaning the land immediately surrounding a residence, still has greater privacy protections. Quote, placing a video camera in a location that allows law enforcement to record activities outside of a home and beyond protected cartilage does not violate the Fourth Amendment, according to the Justice Department prosecutors. As digital sensors become cheaper and wireless connections become more powerful, the Justice Department's argument would allow police to install cameras on private property without court oversight, subject only to budgetary limits and political pressure. So they don't have to do anything anymore to get a camera on your property. I'm surprised they didn't pull the Patriot Act out of their butt as an excuse on this. No, I mean, this tyranny has gone back from beyond the Patriot Act, 1984. Right. I I just know with uh, the USA Patriot Act, there's a provision that if any government agency requests records from a utility provider, those records must be handed over. Sure enough. And that's one way the DEA has been going after people. Check out power bills. Increased power yeah. bill or a power bill that is higher than average of all the power bills in the area is an indication that you're probably doing something that they don't want. About four days after the DEA's warrantless installation of surveillance, camera, surveillance cameras, a magistrate judge did subsequently grant a warrant. But attorneys from Mendoza and Mangana noticed the surveillance took place before the warrant was granted. According to Mangana's attorney, uh, Brett Reeds, he said the one that one's actions could be recorded on their own property, even if the property is not within the curtilage, is contrary to society's concept of privacy. Well, apparently society's concept of privacy is different from the government's concept of privacy. He said the owner and his guest had a reason to believe their activities on the property were not subject to video surveillance as it would constitute a violation of privacy. A jury trial has been scheduled for January 22nd. These guys are facing a long time in jail. They are facing significant $10 million in fines and life imprisonment for growing plants. 855-450-FREE. I don't suppose anybody listening actually supports their prosecution, do you? On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com.
is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. And if you're tired of general preparedness and survival advice with no reason or context behind it, and you think that the single scenario focus of those survivalists on the TV shows is silly, you should know about Strategic Survival. It's a book, and you can get it over at strategicsurvival.com. You know, with all the fear hyping, you sometimes wonder about the reality of historic and potential disastrous uh, situations. Sur- uh, strategic Survival can help you understand what might happen, how it might affect you and those you care about, and what you can do about it. With the knowledge in this book and other material that it references, and by taking some simple actions to prepare, you can turn fear and worry into confidence and peace. And isn't that the purpose behind preparing for things? Not to be constantly scared about what might happen, but to be confident about the future? Covers budget and schedule-friendly solutions, ranging from equipment and improvisation ideas that you can carry with you to more permanent infrastructure, as well as recommendations for training and practice for added confidence and experience. Go! to strategicsurvival.com to get your copy. That's strategicsurvival.com as we continue. Disturbing court news. Uh, Declan McCullough's uh, got the story over at news.cnet.com where a district uh, district court judge, the federal court, uh, U.S. District Judge William Greisbach, has ruled it's entirely reasonable for the Drug Enforcement Administration to come on your rural property and install video cameras all over the place because, you know, there's a chance you might plant some marijuana plants out there and we want to make sure we fill as many prisons as possible with uh, marijuana users and uh, growers and dealers so the prison industrial complex can have a lifelong happy supply of money coming from the federal and state governments. And then due to prison overcrowding we're going to let out the child molesters and those violent offenders who have actually harmed someone you know because we have to we we have to just you know that's uh, the way it's ma- done make an example out of somebody you know we're we're making an example out of you with that plant but this guy over here that actually actually hurt some harming people we're going to let him off because we have to make sure that we have room for you and your kind. I'm sure the DEA is not happy about Colorado and the fact that uh, there's a ballot measure this Tuesday that will determine whether or not Colorado will have legalized marijuana. I bet that's really upsetting to the DEA. And then uh, I believe it's Washington also has a ballot measure. It's uh, 502 is Another the ballot number. One, right? uh, it's decrim, but it would also... Uh, regulate and tax. Uh, I believe it would tax. I, I'm not a hundred percent on that, uh, but it does institute a DUI sort of thing, to where if you have a certain level of THC in your oh, blood, oh, that's terrible. And the opponents are saying that the medical marijuana users in Washington will be the ones that are most affected by the DUI provision. I bet that's true. Because they have to be able to use it whenever for medical purposes. And, you know, that comes from this ridiculous idea that um, anything that you use that could alter your state of uh, consciousness to some extent is a danger when it comes to driving. You can't drink 
anything with caffeine because that alters your state of consciousness. No, well, no one's going to argue for that one at this time because caffeine's fully legal and uh, they, they don't have the kind of the haters surrounding caffeine like uh, maybe a cigarette might or uh, you know certainly marijuana. And so when uh, you know people hear about getting high, it makes them think that oh, there's no way you could possibly operate a, a mo- you know motor vehicle. And I wouldn't recommend you do it the first time you get uh, you smoke some pot. But people are out there right now, as we are speaking, listening to us in their cars who have just smoked cannabis and or are smoking it as we speak because it's an incredibly popular drug. And it is widespread, and millions of people in this country use it, which means there are probably millions of people that are you know, driving from point A to point B on it. Several studies have shown over the years that, uh, medical, that, uh, that any cannabis users are less likely to, have, uh, you know, to, po- to poorly drive, that they are statistically as safe, if not safer, than sober drivers. And that's just how it is. I mean, marijuana users are aware that they're using you know, marijuana. They're aware that if, if it impairs them, that they can adjust for that impairment. Uh, whereas an alcohol user is not aware of the amount necessarily of his or her impairment. And in fact, you know, the awareness of their impairment will probably go down according to how much more alcohol they drink. So to equate the two is it's ridiculous. There's no evidence that being high on marijuana is anything like, uh, you know, has the, any significant effect like drinking alcohol does. But yet the politicians feel like they have to pander to a certain group when they're proposing the, these ideas, or in this case, the, it was an initiative, statist. right? Yeah, the initiatives, you know, the people writing these initiatives feel as though they must uh, pander to the nanny status, saying, well, well, don't worry, we're going to decriminalize marijuana, but it'll still be illegal to drive and smoke pot. But the thing that, the, you know, the thing they they can't test for is how recently you've smoked the pot, at least that I know of. Right, they, they can only test its, uh, you know, so many milligrams per million or... I, I forget the exact yeah, uh, the concentration of the concentration, THC. but there's you know a way that they can test for a specific amount of THC, which just like alcohol, they don't know if you necessarily drank your alcohol five minutes ago or five hours ago. It's true. They just know, oh, your blood level is this. But in the case of cannabis, the uh, THC or the evidence of the use of cannabis can be detected for a month after you use it, which is yes. why it's a serious problem for anybody who's a medical uh, patient, because even if they, even if a medical patient smoked cannabis in the morning and is driving in the afternoon, it's still going to show up. And uh, I'm looking on Ballotpedia right now that has the list of every ballot measure, or at least every statewide ballot measure mm-hmm. across the country, and uh, the one in Washington, Initiative 502, it's an actual initiative which was put on the ballot by a group of citizens. And, and I know they had the best of intentions. I know they did. I mean, they want to see the war on drugs end or they want to see the war on cannabis, at least in this case, end. And good for them for that. But I, it's really just, it's disappointing to see such watered down provisions. And in this case, counterproductive provisions, which are just going to end up with a bunch of people for smoking pot getting DUI convictions, meaning they won't be able to drive to work, ruining their lives even further. The proposed measure would legalize the production, possession, delivery, and distribution of marijuana. The initiative would regulate the sale of a small amount of marijuana to people 21 years and older. And according to reports, marijuana grow farms and food processors would be licensed so only by 21? the Liquor Commission. 
Uh, only 21 and up is yes. what it says? Again. Yes. Come on. Additionally, the measure would make it illegal for a motorist to have more than five nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood in their system. The initiative is supported by so a what are you gonna do New to... Approach Washington. I would like to know more about how that's tested. It sounds like they're going to draw blood. Yeah. That's, that's the only disturbing. way they can do it. That's really disturbing. I remember there was a story years ago about they were training Utah Highway Patrol officers on how to draw blood on the side of the road. That's real sanitary. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Can you imagine some uh, cop trying to stick a needle in you? In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there for you. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Daryl. You can join Daryl over on his website, fpp.cc. And fpp.cc not only has uh, books, which we talked about earlier, but you've also uh, got a radio thing that you do, radio.fpp.cc. Yes, the Freedom Minute, which Which is actually five minutes. uh, It's... Yes, it's five minutes long. <laughs> and when I first started, there was no time limit on it. I see. And then uh, got in touch with you. It began airing on LRN in the spring sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so people that listen to the Liberty Radio Network will hear that in the news rotation. That's right, but it's also hour. available as podcast? Yes. Okay, great. And that's radio.fpp.cc. And that's a weekly kind of newscasty thing. That you, A little bit of opinion, though, right? Uh, news, news and opinion? News opinion. Yeah. Uh, generally I'll have the first part of the newscast is opinion on current event and then two or three news stories at the end. So that's available and it's free at, yes. uh, at, you can go to fpp.cc and click radio, right? Is that uh, the way to do it? I believe so. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, you've started publishing a newspaper here in New Hampshire. Yes. The uh, fpp.cc news, I believe it's called. Yes. And, uh, it's being distributed now in different parts across the state, which I think is pretty exciting. Yeah. I've got somebody that takes some papers up to Concord every month mm-hmm. and he's also been taking some papers into Manchester. Great. Uh, dropping those off at Liberty Books in Concord. And I believe he's also dropping some copies at public libraries. I just think that's exciting uh, because it has been a long time since we've had a newspaper up here. And I realize it's an anachronism uh, to have a newspaper these days in here in 2012. Uh, but I think that there's still some value to to that. I think that maybe I'm just old-fashioned, Daryl, but I think that there's uh, value to being able to pick something up and uh, put it down and, you know, not have to worry about a $400 iPad or something like that. Right. And, you know, you just, just to have it there, sit it next to the toilet or, you know, wherever it is you might put something down like that or on the coffee table uh, to be able to uh, pick it up again whenever you want it. 
and you don't have to have some kind of device around in order to do that yeah. or in order to easily share it with somebody else. Once you're done reading it, you can pass it on to, uh, to somebody else. I, so I, th- I still think there's value in, uh, in these things, which is one of the reasons why I'm one of the sponsors behind FPP.cc. And then unlike most newspapers, and as far as I know, I'm the only newspaper that is published monthly that mm-hmm. is not copyrighted. Oh, okay. Has a Creative Commons license as well as Copyheart that says copying is an act of love. Aww. Love is not subject to law. I've so never heard of that free, one. Feel free to make copies, do whatever you want to with it. Yeah. You know, make copies, give it away. Very cool. But it's only available in New Hampshire right now, right? But there's uh, there's a PDF I, online? I have roughly a dozen subscribers oh, okay. uh, across the country that get the newspaper mailed to them but folks can go and get a pdf yes. on your website uh, correct? pdf if you go to news.fpp.cc mm-hmm. takes you right there Perfect. to the newspaper there's uh the image of the front page click the image download the pdf yeah and you're looking for advertisers as well yes. so if folks want to reach uh people here in new hampshire that'd be a good way to do it and uh, you know keep up the great work daryl because you're Thank doing you. a lot of it considering you're one guy and I appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. Andrew is in Ithaca, New York, listening to WNYY. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? We're doing a radio show. All right. So I was listening. This was like a, a week ago or so, like or five days ago. You guys were talking about the religious thing and that homosexual guy called in. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word yeah. for it because I barely remember what happened last night on the show. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, want to like put in my little two cents about it this whole religious thing everyone has their own opinion about right wrong with you know which denomination of christians and everything i feel like 95 percent of people in churches these days aren't even really saved you said they're not even really saved not saved as far as like truly christians they they think they are they go there they pay their money they think they're going to heaven it's really not like that god doesn't work like that well tell me what does it mean to you to be truly christian well it's it's to be saved you i mean i i agree with a lot of things you guys say and i know you guys are openly not really christian but um actually i don't know if you know that uh i'm not a christian but i think daryl are you i feel uh, like you might be claim the term christian uh I actually use the term Messianic Gentile. Tell me what that's. Uh, that well, uh, back in the olden days, there were you know the Jews considered there were Jews and Gentiles. Gentiles, everyone not a Jew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. The Jewish people who believe that Yeshua was the Messiah call themselves Messianic Jews. I see. So okay. since I'm not okay. a Jew, but I believe that Yeshua was the Messiah, I call myself a Messianic Gentile. So you believe that Jesus was, or Yeshua, was the Son of God. Yes. Uh, but you're not yeah. a Christian. I do not use the term Christian just because the way that the word has been bastardized by so many people. Yeah, I, I can see that. So tell me more, Andrew, about what it means to be a Christian. Go ahead. Exactly. That's the problem. Is most. I mean, I've been. I've grown up in a church my whole life. My dad's a pastor. You know, I've been every denomination: Methodist, Baptist. Went went to people. You know, in Catholic churches, most people. It's all about money. Everyone's there just to do their little two hours of a service, pay their little tithe, and then they're saved and they're going to go to heaven. It's not like that. It should be a difference in your heart. Everyone should see a difference in you. See that, you know. You're a different person, that you care about other people, that you don't want other people to fall or, or, you know, anything like that. And you shouldn't force your beliefs on anyone. You know, 
I can talk to anyone, atheist, you know, Buddhist, whatever. You want to talk to me, I like to learn from a different aspect, but I believe in God, and I believe, you know, he's the only way, but I don't force my way on people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Uh, now, what is your current uh, religious status? What's what You said you've been in a bunch of different uh, denominations. Where are you at now? I'm just, I, I'm, I'm non-denominational because I, I feel see. like there's something wrong with every denomination. I, mean, I see. So you're not even going money? to a church. You're just kind of your own, you're kind of worshiping on your own. Exactly. Yeah, I'll do Bible studies with people that, you know, feel the same way I do, I guess. And, and you know, look at it the same way even people that don't just want to learn or, you know, sit down with me and talk. Because people are fake these days. That's the best way I can say it. Because if you if you say... Someone, we're talking about, you're talking about marijuana right now. Like, how is it, like, wrong for someone to smoke marijuana, but they can go to a doctor and get prescribed synthetic heroin, and that's okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I'm with but you, man. Logically, I mean, if you want to take an alternative route that's natural to try to fix yourself or, you know, just mask the symptoms because you're in pain, you don't want to go to a doctor and get prescribed a bunch of things that's going to kill your liver and your kidneys and your brain. Well, I think some Christians, you know, some so-called Christians believe that the government is, you know, an extension of God, and so therefore whatever government uh, says is is good. You know, if government says it's bad, then it's bad, and if government, you know, doesn't say anything about it, then it must be good. And those are the people that misread the uh, letter to the Romans written by Paul, uh, what most people would say, Romans 13, I hate using chapter and verse. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, uh, you know, but it is what it is. So, you know, Romans chapter thirteen. If you misread that, then it does say government is wonderful. It says everyone is yeah, supposed to be subject said, to a higher authority. It's supposed to be we the people. We're God is the higher government. authority, not, not the government. Not an authority above us that's the government. It's supposed to be the people make the decision. And you know, in theory, we're all supposed to be you know, understanding, and not, it's not supposed to be something ruling over us. Well, like, right, and, and I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a Christian. I was raised Presbyterian, so I'm certainly familiar with uh, some level of Christianity. But it would seem like even a little bit of observation on the part of a supposed Christian looking at the government and how it works and how it, you know, kills people around the world, how it steals money from people. I mean, these are two of the, you know, breaking two of the, you know, prime Ten Commandments here. That should give them some sort of a clue to how ungodly uh, the whole government structure is. Thanks for the call, Andrew. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If, uh, if the government's an agent of anything as far as the Christians are concerned, it's certainly not God. one 3733 And it doesn't matter what they say. What matters is what they do. It's Free Talk Live. Teaching without preaching the ideals of liberty. To young and old alike, Libertania, The Liberation of Conformia, is a picture book which tells the story of Thomas the Candymaker and his trip from the free land of Libertania to the statist land of Conformia, where he deals with border crossings, fiat money, business regulations, and corrupt officials. With his civil disobedience and run for office, Conformia will never be the same. Go to Libertania.com to purchase your copy today in print or Kindle format. For a discount code, check out the Libertania Facebook page. This is Free Talk Live. 
moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you dial in now. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that you will find there. Uh, They are all completely free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Head over to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there. You can link into Amazon for Canada, Amazon for the UK, Amazon US. Click into the right Amazon for you and get your shopping taken care of. You can buy all kinds of stuff, including books from fpp.cc through Amazon. Amazon, uh, you can, again, link over at shop.freetalklive.com. Whatever you buy, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. So you get the stuff you're looking for. You get the same great Amazon prices and huge selection, free super saver shipping. All the stuff you're used to with the Amazon shopping experience is just you're starting through our affiliate portal, so Free Talk Live gets a cut. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. So... I mentioned there was another story about a judge and a bad decision from a court. Judge orders Kansas newspaper to reveal name of commenter. CBS St. Louis reporting (laughs) out of Topeka, an AP story. A Northeast Kansas newspaper has been ordered to identify a person who posted a comment on its website about a story on a murder trial for which that commenter was serving as a juror. Shawnee County District Judge Stephen Eberts last week denied a request by the Topeka Capital Journal to quash a district attorney's subpoena seeking the name, address, and internet protocol address of a poster who goes by the pseudonym Be Prepared. The person is believed to have been a juror in the first-degree murder trial of Aniko Stovall, 27, who is being tried on 11 charges that included the shooting death of Natalie Gibson and the wounding of her partner during a robbery. The Capital Journal reported that court records indicate be prepared access to news story posted July 19th while the person and other jurors were deliberating Stovall's fate two days later, which, of course, they tell jury members to not do such things. Now, but, how do they know that this person was supposedly a juror? That is a good question. I uh, will continue on here and we'll give you more information. The Capital Journal reported uh, let's see. After a four-week trial and three days of deliberations, the jury convicted Stovall of aggravated robbery, found him not guilty of the burglary of a Jeep, and was unable to reach verdicts on nine other charges, including murder. The district attorney said Stovall would be tried again on those other charges. Stovall's attorney said, be prepared, posted at 1.45 p.m., quote, on July 21st. Trust me, that's all they got in their little world, as you know. I have been there. Remember the pukes' names. They will do it forever. Phelps filed a motion seeking a new trial, saying the online posting constitutes juror misconduct and hindered Stovall's right to a fair trial. I don't see anything in there about I'm a juror. Like, there doesn't seem to be any kind of indication in that post. At a hearing at September 6th, the man believed to be be prepared asserted this Fifth Amendment right, his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, when asked whether he was a juror in Stovall's trial, whether he made posts on CJ Online and whether he posted under the name Be Prepared. While the man's name was reported by the newspaper in coverage of the September 6th hearing, the Associated Press isn't naming him because he has not been charged with a crime. Ebert's decision noted that interference with the judicial process is a felony. The judge said the poster's identity was relevant to an investigation of criminal misconduct during the trial, and he wrote that the prosecutor's office has claimed that without the information, a miscarriage of justice would result. He also agreed the prosecutor's office couldn't reasonably obtain the poster's identity through any other means other than CJ Online. Mike Merriam, the newspaper's attorney, said the Capitol Journal would not appeal 
Ebert's decision. This was not unexpected. He said, it's disappointed, but I understand his reasoning. A motion for retrial was set Thursday afternoon. Okay, so you said that they are going to retry the murder charge? Right. The uh, jury was unable to reach verdicts on nine other charges in this case, including murder. And of course, whenever there's a hung jury, they can retry you as many times as they want. Okay. The only I, way they can't retry you is if a not guilty is is returned. Right. Yeah, I, I was a little confused there because I was like, wait a second. Are they saying they're doing the retrial because the hung jury or because this juror supposedly had uh, some kind of inappropriate behavior for a juror? No, I think that you know this is the weird thing. Like what they don't give you in this story is how they figured out or they you know came to the belief. That this guy is a juror. Because he pled the fifth, Ian. <laughs> he pled the fifth. And as we know, anytime you plead the fifth or you don't answer your questions, well, you are obviously guilty. You would think that if he made some sort of statement about, I'm a juror sitting in the trial, that would make sense. Like, yeah. then there, there would be, they, they should quote that for the article here. That, that says, uh, I've been there. Right. And... Well, we don't know, right, we don't know what the uh, the context was, but even if he was responding to someone else saying, you know, these trials are a sham or whatever, that doesn't mean that he's been there at this trial. It could right. mean, and it could mean, and by the way, even if they do get the information on this poster, it may not necessarily be enough to identify who the culprit is. Right. This person could have posted from a Starbucks, could have posted from any manner of uh, internet IP address. Yeah. So who knows what the the story is here? I wonder how often this actually happens with members of the jury checking out media during trials. Probably I, I mean, more often than we think it. Happens. I bet it's more often than the court thinks it <laughs> that it happens. Let's go to uh, forty four oh nine calling from Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I heard you got arrested recently. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Oh man, it's typical. Well, yeah, tell me more. Well, I put up a video about Scottsdale police, and then about eight hours later, yeah, you know, I get picked up by the Scottsdale police. Go figure. Hold on, uh, you got. You... I can't talk too much about the case because we're going full force on it. But they offered me a plea, and I, well, they kind of offered me a plea because it's kind of weird because. They you were arrested for recording. Just to clarify, you were arrested for recording the police, right? No. Arrested for disorderly conduct. <laughs> right. You know. I was arrested for that, too. Contempt of cop. Right. Basically. I was arrested for that, too, recently. But the reason was because I was recording video in a public place, and you the police didn't, didn't like that. You didn't do what we said fast enough, right. so we'll charge you with disorderly conduct. Yeah, we don't, we don't have another provision in our little statutes book that we can charge you with, and you're annoying me. Or something, you know, whatever it is. It's yeah, you know, you know, you guys, you guys have been around this enough, you know. I'm facing so. disorderly conduct charges right now, and Daryl was there when I got arrested yeah. for this. So you said are you're you going kidding? all. You are. Yeah, man. It it didn't hey, get man, very much. I am so sick and tired of this. This this is why I want to take this case, and I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way to wherever it goes. What are you because facing as far as uh, you know punishment is concerned there in Arizona for disorderly? Of course, six months jail. Six months. So uh, this happened and to me. I, I I, I'll talk about my case. Fine. 
I guarantee the fine is not as much as my bail was. That's what thirty five hundred dollars. I heard. Yeah, I mean, wow. I was talking to people inside the jail. They had three felonies, and they had like twelve hundred fifty. I believe it. Fine. <laughs> Uh, well, the, the real crime in America is uh, disobeying the, the police, right? And not, you know, not my authority. Right. You got to obey the pirates, man. So it, it was just, I am, I, I'm I hoping to hear more about this. I, I wasn't aware of that. I, I'm, I, I need to go research. It totally got washed away by ago. the hurricane. Like it happened on Thursday and all the hurricane coverage happened the next day and that day. And so I posted it to freekeen.com. The video is there. I actually posted a much longer version of the video to kind of give you some oh, perspective. Oh, when you were, you were recording inside the... Corruption and Palmer Mass. Yeah, the t- yeah that, I watched that video. That was bizarre. Yeah, just walking down the hallway of a town hall and uh, recording video and arrested for it. For the for the, shell, the the cell that they were having, well, the, the theft cell. Right, whatever. the tax yeah. sale, which they wouldn't allow anyone into, even though they advertised it as very open and public. And you did absolutely nothing wrong, and, and I could not believe it. It was yeah. bizarre. I, I had well, my I press just, badge around shocked. my neck. Your video is there. Uh, as it's over at uh, freedomsphoenix.com, I would imagine. Did they, did they link it there? Or YouTube? Well, mine? What's your What's your YouTube channel so folks can go and see this? Uh, just go to YouTube and just type in four four zero nine. Is it the newest video there on your channel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it should be. I haven't taken the time to see and, this and yet. I do want to see it. On Freedom Phoenix, it says uh, Scottsdale cops arrest. Well, when you're ready to talk about it, I hope you'll call us back and tell us more about the case because uh, I understand that lawyers always tell you not to talk about the case, so I get it. Uh, I, well, I'd like to know a little bit more about yours. I would like to hear a little bit more about yours later well, on. Or by whatever. all means, drop into freekeen.com, scroll down, look for the, the stories about Palmer, Massachusetts, or just search Palmer at freekeen.com. Not, maybe we could talk off the phone sometime and, and figure out what, what your avenue is and what my avenue is. Um, I can give him your number. Hey, thanks, uh, 4409. Appreciate your call tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to join Daryl on his website, fpp.cc. Election Day is fast approaching. As Americans, we're looking to vote in a new batch of Washington's best, brightest, and morally bankrupt flim-flam artists that money can buy. These irresponsible, unaccountable politicians will try to convince us that red is more fashionable than blue, or that blue is superior to red. These hucksters all want us to know that it's okay to bend over for their big business friends. In our hearts, we all know that no matter what color we choose, we're going to get screwed. Oh, yeah. The staff at Vava Voom says let's get screwed in style. From naughty to nice, Vava Voom has all the top brands of adult novelties, DVDs, sexy lingerie, and supplements that will help keep your bedroom heated these cold winter nights. Let Vava Voom help you get your kink on. Prefer to shop naked? Oh, yeah. Fulfill even your naughtiest fantasies online at shopvavavoom.com. That's shopvavavoom.com.